So yeah, I, so so three eight nine. So you sent me your number so I could give you a call. And at three eight nine, I was like, okay, obviously I don't know country codes by heart. So I looked up. I was like, Macedonia. Is that yeah? So is that where you live? Yes. Okay. And then and I'm also gonna blame you know me being ignorant American. I was like, I I kind of think I know where that is. <laughs> but the very first yeah. thing I did was like Google it. I was like, okay, okay, that's kind of where I thought. But I, if somebody had asked me to like, you know, gun to my head, like point out where Macedonia is on a map, I'd have been like, I'm definitely gonna die. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I did this whole Reddit thing, and then a lot of the women were from the states, and I got a lot of questions about that. So where are you from? I said, mm, and then the weird face, and I'm like, next to Greece, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone knows Greece apparently. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's very. Um, I mean, it's. I think it's pretty easy to pick out just because of its, uh, uh, you know, geography along the coast, yeah. right? It's just you know easy to pick out there, but. Um, so, so, so Macedonia, I guess I'm, and I'm always fascinated by this, not only in our, like in the security field, but anywhere, especially in the IT space, I'm really, you know, cause when I, I've traveled to Europe, never, unfortunately never been to Macedonia or Greece, but, uh, or, or really in that area, I think I went to Montenegro, but that was about as close as I got. Um, but I'm always fascinated. Like, what do people do there? Cause obviously I interact with people in the tourism space when I travel, but I don't, you know, I don't know what people are doing outside of that, but, um, I'm curious, like, you know, if you can give me a little insight in what's like the IT or cyber, even, you know, more, I guess, more specifically cybersecurity sector is like, you know, maybe locally within like Macedonia, but, but really any, anywhere in Europe. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the, the software space is really developed um, in the Balkans, especially like we have a lot of uh, like foreign companies that are like um, outsourcing or they have offices here in Macedonia, Serbia. So, yeah. And I mean, a few years ago, the cybersecurity space, especially in Macedonia, I cannot speak maybe for all the Balkan countries, but here in Macedonia was not like the companies were not very cybersecurity aware. I feel like that is now changing a little bit. Um, I feel like more and more companies have uh, cybersecurity teams and are more aware about security. Uh, but yeah, when I was starting out, um, the I, I was really struggling to find a security team where I would do, do just security, like nothing else. <laughs> sure. Do you think that that's somewhat reactive? I, you find in the States a lot, a lot of, I mean, obviously it's, it's a slow grind in terms of the you know, the world catching up with, you know, how, what, like what level of security do we need in our company? But I, I have personally been a part of a couple of companies that have brought security people in as a result of an incident or a breach. Are you finding yeah. that that's the case there as well? Or do you think that they're proactively adding security resources because that's the way the world seems to be moving? Yeah. I mean, uh, you're absolutely right. Actually. Yes. Uh, usually budget appears once uh, an incident happens in the company for security team is definitely not the first people, the first engineers that are hired. And then, um, yeah, I feel like most of the teams were formed like that. And then some companies uh, maybe have clients that they do pen testing for. So maybe also like uh, in that area. But yeah, absolutely. Budgets like, or, or even if you're like, um, if the company's going down, uh, maybe like bankruptcy or something like that, the security guys are the first to get fired. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> we don't need security anyway. Why do we need them at that point? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so what's your, 
I guess, what's your origin story? Maybe just high level, you know, how long have you been sort of in the cybersecurity space? What was like your first role? What got you interested in security to begin with? Yeah, well, almost, I'd say around three years now, uh, actively working in in the cyberspace. And uh, yeah, well, it was a very interesting story of how I got into cyber uh, sack because um, uh, I didn't know any, actually any companies that did just security. I seen sysadmin roles then there was a phase where i wanted to go a little bit into ml see what that's like uh, i did i did internship in machine learning but then i was i was still trying to break into into cybersec so i got signed up for a program that had nothing to do with cybersec it was like about soft skills and presenting but the fun part was that the mentor was CISO at the company at that point so um he was also trying to like um uh, develop our soft skills, like soft skills for engineers, stuff like that. Uh, but he also gave us challenges that involved like um, making a website or stuff like that. But then at the beginning, he made it quite clear that the program that he's doing about soft skills is like uh, absolutely non-related uh, to his current job. And he's not going to like uh, hire any of us. We were like four or five people in the program. So it, it lasted for like uh, around, uh, I feel like 10 or 12 weeks. And then at the end, I was like, I, I kind of had in mind that I'm going to get hired. I don't know why, like the guy made it so clear. There's no hirings. Uh, but yeah, I actually ended up like having an offer and I went through several interviews. And then that's how I had my first job as a security analyst. Actually, they had a whole SOC team which was like really rare, actually. A lot of people start as sysadmins or help desk or something in the IT. But yeah, I was quite lucky sure. to like... So that CISO did, did in fact, his company did in fact end up having a spot. Yes, yes, okay. yes. What? <laughs> what? So did you, what was it, was it you were particularly, um, you know, persistent and asking or did the, it was just happenstance that a position opened up? I did. I didn't ask at all. I was even telling him I was at the end of my like um, graduate school. I was finishing my bachelor in computer science and engineering, and I was planning to move out. And I told him when he said the first time to me, like, um, we want to maybe get you on the team uh, and stuff like that. We are in need of a SOC analyst. It's just one other guy who's doing that right now, and we're trying to expand. I was like, well, no, I mean, I'm not for the job. I'm going to leave after I finish my studies. Mm -hmm. And yeah, but then um, I figured maybe I will not leave right away because uh, my thesis was also not ready. So I, I thought like, okay, let's take this as a job. And in the meanwhile, I'll also do my, my bachelor thesis. Yeah, so yeah, cool. that's how I took it. Yeah. So how did you like being a SOC analyst? I've never, I've never had a role like that. Um, my, I got my start in... AppSec and vulnerability management and, and mm -hmm. compliance. Um, so sort of in that realm. So never, I had a lot of people, right? I mean, there's a, a, a pretty sizable, you know, chunk of the security professional space out there that, you know, goes that blue track, that IR, the SOC triage tracks so that. What did you think of that? And is that what you're still doing? Um, I'm now I'm doing uh, part-time SOC and also uh, pen testing, like more pen testing than SOC. But uh, yeah, I mean, um, I was happy to get any security job at that point because I, I knew I wanted to go into security, yeah. but nobody has ever told me like, we have this track and this track and that track. And like, you can be a SOC analyst or you can be an incident responder or pen tester. I had no idea. So I took whatever uh, chance I, I, opportunity I got. 
And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I learned a lot. It was a startup and um, there were not a lot of people, especially in security. So I was learning about cloud security and, um, infrastructure. And then, uh, I was looking at logs, log analysis, so stuff like that. Uh, so I cannot say it was strictly just, you know, a standard SOC analyst job, but yeah, I mean, um, I, I learned quite a lot. I mean, I still do it and now I do it because I kind of know the drill. So it's kind of hard to get out of SOC once you're, <laughs> once you're in SOC. But yeah, I'm trying to like uh, gradually turn just to uh, offensive security. Yeah, I've heard people say that it's sort of a hamster wheel, hard to break out because yeah. it's just, it's very operational. Um, so you get to a point, uh, maybe it's like you sort of plateau skill-wise and then you end up just sort of doing that. Um, yeah. But obviously with those skills, it translates pretty well, especially these days because there's a lot of consulting with pen testing. Like if you understand the defensive side, you can sort of get into the offensive side. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, your, 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 I guess mindset around getting that first job was, you know, not only very similar to mine in terms of, you know, breaking in was tough back then, like 10, you know, 12 years ago when I first started and it, that doesn't seem like anything's really changed. It's still like a lot of people want to get in and you'll just take whatever you can get because after you get that first job, it becomes a little bit easier. Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like uh, when now you, if you open the job posting, you'd see like entry role is still three to five years. So you're like now thinking, where should I get those three to five years? And it's like a constant loop. I, um, I was recently uh, laughing about also um, the Uber incident that happened like um, suddenly the the whole budget appeared and there were so many roles um however yeah i mean it it is it is hard to get into cybersecurity, especially if you're new if you just uh, graduate and you don't know where to like um get in or what is the role that you actually want yeah i always see like the memes on linkedin being like 10 years experience like 12 certs like a phd and like maybe you have enough to be an entry-level so like before you know i guess Take us back a little bit more. Like growing up, did you have like were you real technical? Did you like program stuff? Like, or or did you sort of come into it later? Like when you were like, ah, oh, I have to be an adult now and get a job. Um, since a little girl, I don't know why, but I always knew I was gonna do something in in tech. I'm I'm gonna be a programmer. Uh, I didn't really know I wanna be in cybersecurity. Um, I was not very familiar with, it, but I watched a lot of series, a lot of movies with. Um, the guys that are investigators or that just look at the computer the whole day. So, yeah, I mean, um, my father was a software engineer, so I think I got that from him. Uh, he was constantly on the computer. So um, when they bought me my first computer, I, like, <laughs> bro- uh, opened it up uh, and tried try to, like, again, put it back. But, yeah, I don't know. I never, I never... Uh, knew of a different role. I always thought I was going to be in, in tech even since I was little. But then th- that cybersecurity laugh, I feel like it developed uh, much later. Um, not, I cannot say in college, because in college we we had like three to four subjects that were cybersecurity related. It was mostly programming. But I got into CTFs and stuff like that during those years. So um, I like developed that passion on my own. Uh, yeah, I mean, those those few courses helped. I, I saw that I'm kind of good at it and I um, and I can find my way around it. But uh, I was mostly doing things on the side. Yeah, what were your courses like? Back back when I went through my 
undergrad. There was no there was no cybersecurity. I mean, not only were there no cybersecurity courses like dedicated cybersecurity courses, but there certainly wasn't a you know a dedicated program called cybersecurity. It was you know you took computer science and maybe there was a operating system security course or something. But it was it wasn't really like there's five or six cybersecurity electives. But but nowadays obviously it's it's blown up in the last you know 10 15 years so there's more of that so uh you know what what sort of courses did they offer um i feel we had cryptography and then as you mentioned uh, operating systems which is a is a must and then uh one that was very general like uh, computer security it was called but it was like uh one semester and then how much can you learn like about computer security there and yeah, I feel like that was it. Like two to three and uh, nothing else. I feel like now they offer uh, quite more. But yeah, when I was a student, no. Yeah. Do you still keep up with a lot of your programming in your day-to-day? Uh, I don't do a lot of programming day-to-day, but I do like to do them on the side. I don't do them on my daily job. Um, sometimes scripts, sometimes I'm the guy that automates stuff. But... Um, but no, like like in my day-to-day activities, no. But I read a lot of code when like pen testing and stuff. Um, so yeah, I feel like it's a great benefit to know how to go even in, when you're in cybersec. Yeah. Which I think, uh, you know, it's a shaky um, like talk uh, because a lot of people are like, well, I don't have a coding background, but I'm still good at this. But I find it is a great benefit that actually I have that coding background. Sure. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people ask, do I need to know how I don't, you know, I want to be in cybersecurity, but I don't know how to code or don't want to, like, I can't. Right. And yeah. Without even getting into whether somebody can or can't, like, I, yeah. would, I would argue, why, why is it that you think you can't? Like, of course you could, if you put your mind to, you set your mind to it. But even so, obviously I know a lot of cybersecurity pros that don't know or, or don't need to know how to code. And they obviously have really successful careers. But, you know, nowadays with the amount of you know, automation and so many things being as code, you know, it's a big benefit. And I always recommend to people who ask me, how do I get into cybersecurity? Like, won't, it wouldn't hurt to know how to code yeah. in terms of setting yourself apart and the fact that it's, you know, it adds versatility to your, you know, to, to what you can do, your repertoire, right? Yeah, um, I agree. So... We got introduced because I saw your AMA and I thought what you were working on was pretty cool. Um, so rather than me try to explain it based on my own recollection, uh, how about how about you know you just sort of give a little background on on the initiative that I don't know if it's just you that started it or if you've partnered with other people, but I guess just give us the full background because I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah, well, I mean. Um... We're talking about hacking to cybersec, which is a cybersecurity course that is designed for like um, women specifically right now. But uh, it's not. Um, it's a it's a general course where if one wants to get into cybersec, uh, it's kind of mapped out. Uh, we have um, it, it lasts twelve weeks. We have six live sessions, and in each session, a different topic on cybersecurity is discussed like defensive security, offensive security. And then I try and elaborate what it is to walk in the shoes of a pen tester or I explain specific tools, the mindset, the methodologies used, um, kind of a hands-on approach to, to cybersec. 
I thought of this because uh, when I was starting out, I didn't have anyone map me out like this is it and this is that. So I wanted to do this uh, for for women that like are trying to get uh, into cybersec but don't know uh, in which exact area or the tools or what kind of skills uh, they need. So um, to answer your question, um, I didn't like. It was my idea, but it didn't start it alone. Um, I got introduced to OMO, um, which is an organization. Um, they are dedicated specifically to women. And um, I got introduced to them uh, from a friend. Um, she's an ambassador for OMO. And I already had the idea in mind of um, this whole program and this whole training. Um, and I really wanted it to have an international reach. I didn't just want to let some organization here. I wanted to be worldwide. Um, so I was looking just, um, I, I had it in mind for like two to three months and I was looking for an organization that I can collaborate with, um, that would align with this, uh, vision and goals. Uh, so yeah, I, I saw, I feel on LinkedIn, um, a friend of mine that's an ambassador and I opened their webpage almost webpage and I saw they um, are organizations specifically for women and I felt like their vision could really match with what I was trying to do so I wrote them a message and then yeah we we got on a call and actually they loved my idea uh, and that's how we decided to do this together so yeah we've been doing it from the beginning the whole course program and everything together but yeah that's how I matched with them and um yeah, so yeah. it's ongoing right now. Yeah, that's really awesome. Um, so what I, you know, just for looking from afar, it seemed like you know you've had really good sort of adoption and interest um, in the program. Uh, I guess you know, obviously, it's near and dear to your heart in terms, you know, just because you're, you're sort of the creator. But maybe you can give me, um, you know, just based on the feedback that you've gotten, you know, you know, how are people liking it? You know, it's, you mentioned that, you know, it's hands-on, so there's a practical element to it. So people are, are understanding, you know, not only what it's like to, you know, work in the field and, you know, understand maybe some of the challenges of coming into the, cause I, well, I have seen a lot of you know, women specifically, well, not, I won't say a lot, but I've seen enough people on like, and I'm going to just speak from like Reddit who say, you know, I'm interested in cybersecurity, but I'm a little apprehensive because it's male dominated or, or X, Y, or Z. So I'm interested in some of that feedback and, and just, you know, uh, how it's been going and, you know, in the, in the months you've been working on it. Yeah. So, um, when, uh, when we started and initially when we were like, um, trying to figure out how everything is going to go, um, uh, I thought that I want the number of women of girls that are going to be in the course to be 50 tops. And once we did that already, um, AMA, uh, we got more than 300 in a night. Uh, and it was like, um, the, the response was great. And after that, we were also receiving DMs, like, can we get in? So yeah, uh, eventually everyone, everyone uh, we decided for everyone to get in. But um, now uh, we've been like through two sessions. I feel it's, it's week three. Um, and I'm also incorporating one-on-ones. Um, in order to see the challenges that women are facing in this industry or what it is that they like to achieve. Because um, my overall goal is, uh, even if one woman from this course gets an entry job in CyberSec, I'd be very happy with it. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, the response was amazing. Uh, I didn't really expect that number of people, to be honest. Uh, I thought this was going to be top 30. And then I felt like the whole team, we were like that. We were so like, uh, maybe it's going to be 50. Nobody was saying it out loud, but we were all thinking that, I don't know if we can get to 50, right? Uh, but yeah, I mean, a lot of women that I talk with on the one-on-ones, um, no matter where they're from, I feel like we're facing the same challenges in this industry. They're still uh, struggling to take on lead positions or stuff like that. So I can see that there are some common challenges that, that women are facing here. Yeah. You know, and more like from a gender neutral perspective, you know, I see a lot of people who are just apprehensive about it. They think that they can't succeed because it requires X, Y, or Z that they don't have. Uh, and you know, this might, or, you know, other, other, you know, other small things, but, you know, I always, you know, I'm pretty active in, in multiple different cybersecurity subreddits and, and I always tell people, you know, you don't have to be rocket scientists. You don't have to have this, you don't have to have that. Um, you know, there's a lot of resources out there and you just need to sort of, you know, try. I mean, I think it takes even, you know, even for me <laughs> who, you know, I'm regular upper middle class vanilla white dude who like I still struggle to get in. Right. It's not it's it's and obviously other people have different challenges, but I think it just takes persistence no matter who you are and knowing that you can and knowing that, you know, you belong there. And, and that that goes for everybody. And so and I and I think I'm especially vocal when I see and again, it's not it's not that many, but whenever I see, you know, somebody who has starts a Reddit thread like I'm a woman, I want to get into cybersecurity. You know, I'm always try to get in there and voice like, absolutely, you can do it. And, you know, you won't be the first and you shouldn't be the last. Right? You just have to get in there and, 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 you know, put your foot forward. And I think, I mean, I can't speak for every company, but the companies that I've worked for, I have found that, you know, there's, there's women on the team. And, you know, people are very supportive. People don't treat it any differently. But I understand that's not how it is everywhere. Um, but just but just letting people know that, you know, I think overall the community is pretty supportive, uh, at least in my experience, just with all people. Right. So, um, you know, I try to get that out there. Obviously, having a network of women like yourself and Olmu and, and putting that together and, 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 you know, having that community is super important, too. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I absolutely agree. Actually, I don't see like um, very often. Um, discrimination based on gender uh, in cybersec. I just don't see a lot of women uh, in cybersec positions. Um, my team, my previous team didn't have a lot of women. My current team in patent testing doesn't have a lot of women. And um, that's what I've been no noticing. And then when um, I matched with Omo, which are like women specific, I thought it doesn't hurt if we have like a woman specific community for hacking to see like how many um, of this group want to actually get into cybersec uh, and to help them uh, through my experience. Uh, so yeah, I mean, um, there are many different um, challenges that maybe women specifically faced um, that I can speak from, from my perspective as a woman actually, uh, with that, you know, um, it's different for every country, I believe. Some countries are more progressive. Some countries um, still are facing that issue. The IT industry in general, I think it's a bit progressive uh, everywhere. So that's not like um, that um, big of an issue. But um, yeah, I mean, 
it's an overwhelming field overall. Uh, like I recently saw, I saw a posting where the role required uh, 40% of your job is going to be uh, application security. The other 30% is going to be, uh, I don't know, infrastructure. And the other 30% is going to be, and it was all in uh, one job posting. So I think the whole cybersecurity industry, when you ask, not all people understand what we do. And um, it's overall a bit overwhelming because some people uh, think we do almost everything and you need to know a lot of things to, to work in CyberSec. And then some other people think that uh, it doesn't have a lot of value uh, to software teams. But yeah, it's, it's, still, um, it's, still, it's still new, I might say. Like still, still people are trying to understand. And now it's recently it's becoming more and more popular. But um, yeah. Yeah, I do think like education and awareness just in terms of what cybersecurity is, is still a big problem. Even here, I mean, everywhere I've seen a lot of people who I see, I want to get into InfoSec because I want to do pen testing, right? Maybe, and maybe truly they do want to do pen testing um, or they think that's really cool or they saw Mr. Robot and they think that's cool. Yeah. But I always tell people that's great that you want to do pen testing and you should absolutely do it if that's what you want to do. But do you know everything else that cybersecurity, the field, which is a very large field, has to offer? And in, in many cases, right, I don't want to say like the majority, but in many cases, they're like, oh, I never knew like, you know, being a security admin was a thing or being GRC or IAM or being uh, incident, you know, IR, threat hunting, like all these things, they had no idea. They just figured cybersecurity was, you know, putting a black hoodie on and, and you know, hacking Mr. Robot style. Um, so I, I definitely think, and, and where, I mean, where does that begin, right? Educational system, I guess. I don't like in high schools these days, are they teaching more IT or even cybersecurity related stuff? I don't know. I've actually, yeah. always, I'm really interested in that, but I have no idea how I would figure that out. Um, I can say for our high schools, um, not a lot, actually. Uh, maybe in the capital of the country, the schools here, maybe a little bit more or also private schools. Uh, but yeah, just a regular public school. They don't really like, we have, a just one, uh, computer science course subject in, in high school and that's it. And they usually teach C++, C or something like that, which is not like what is used mostly. Uh, but I feel like that's it. And it's also just the, the basics of it. So it doesn't really cover a lot, except if you like at 17 or 16, know what you want to do and like go, okay, I'm going to do programming and I don't care about all the other subjects like history or geography. And I'm going to focus uh, on that a bit more, which it really isn't the case when you're 16 and still trying to, to figure it out. Yeah. I think I had my first exposure, just not even to cybersecurity. That wasn't until much later, but just IT and programming was in high school. I took like a visual basic course and I loved programming. I loved that course. And I was, and I originally went to school to be uh, for computer science, didn't like kind of like computer science, but didn't like some of the more low level, like computer engineering aspects. So I switched a couple of times and then went and did cybersecurity and ultimately, but I, I do think, you know, how people become first introduced to cybersecurity, you know, sort of informs that mix of people that ultimately end up in cybersecurity. And I think, you know, for, I mean, for anyone, but, but, you know, in this context, you know, for women, like, when are they being exposed to it, right? Obviously, you know, men have, you know, 
maybe male networks and they're like, hey, you should get in cybersecurity. Or maybe they take, they, maybe they're doing more IT related things growing up. And so they're, they just sort of lean that way when they get to like the point in which they're trying to figure out a career. So, I mean, what do you think in terms of increasing the exposure to this world, you know, early on? And I, I imagine that's part of what, you know, Olmu does or, or part of what you're interested in trying to facilitate is, is exposing people early on so that they think not only can I, like, can I do it and what do I need to do it, but also that it exists and that it is a yeah. viable career path. Yeah, I mean, um, I I didn't got introduced to cybersecurity in high school. I mean, um, I feel like it was from movies, <laughs> which is which is wrong. I feel like it should be incorporated in education, absolutely. But then um, the problem I feel is, uh, especially for for young girls, um, I don't I don't know. I cannot speak uh, about all the countries or how it is. But I feel like what I've experienced through high school is that when a teacher uh, walks in and uh, asks someone like, "I need uh, the computer kit in this class," uh, they never assume it's the girl. It's and then the, the, all the issues like stem from that. Okay, well maybe not, that's not the job for me. Maybe I'm not from software. Maybe I should go for a different kind of roles. Uh, then I'm just talking about software, not even about, about cybersec, right? Um, so yeah, I feel like the the overall mindset of how um, kids should be perceived, like that each equally has a chance to be whatever they want to be. Like, it's not the guys that should be in the computers and girls in, like, politics or something else. Um, it's, I feel like that equal opportunity is the first thing that should come. And then, like, um, educating uh, the education about what software is and what kind of an impact can you make with software. And then move on to, to CyberSec and, uh, like, what can you do and how can you, like, really break into the field? What kind of skills you, you have to know? I mean, I feel like there is a lot to... Um, I feel like that the whole education system should be a little bit redesigned. Like you don't have to study 12 or 13 different subjects uh, that have like nothing to do. You should maybe like the kids should really get uh, to decide what they want to do. And maybe like once they have an idea, like to do more of that and less of the other things. Because I feel like our education is very general up until the point when it's kind of too late. And now you feel like you have all the pressure, you're in your 20s. And now with social media, you see a lot of people that are making in their 20s and they have thousands of uh, dollars on their ba bank accounts, which is causing a lot of pressure. My, my little brother, for example, he's like 15. And so often from him, I hear, I want to make a business. I mean, <laughs> you haven't even finished like high school. Right. It's, it's very, it's a fast uh, paced environment we're living in and um yeah social media is really not helping so now um kids know everywhere and they're everywhere and they know everything uh and like the whole education system is a little bit shaken up i believe but yeah. it should be yeah know. it's really fascinating i you know when i going through high school you know the internet and social media wasn't the way it is today right and i always think it would it sounds horrifying to be a kid these days if i was 15 i would be it would be like overwhelming to me um, but, you know, and I'm also, these days I think about the way that people decide on a career and, you know, for me it was, 
obviously it, it pivoted a little bit, but for me, it was just what I was exposed to when I was in high school. And I imagine a lot of people are still very similar, though it's probably a little bit tweaked now because you see social media, so everyone wants to be an influencer or own a business or something. But in my day, it was like high school, like, what did I take? I took accounting. Do I want to do that? I took geology. Do I want to be a geologist? You know, I took, and I happened to take, it was an elective. It wasn't even something I was forced to do, but I took a, you know, that programming course. And I was like, that was cool. I only had, I only had to have that one little taste of it. And I was like, that seems like, that seems like something that's interesting. And, and, and even then, I didn't know. I mean, I think then maybe software development was somewhat known to be like a pretty viable career path, maybe something that could be lucrative. So I was like, not only did I enjoy it, but it seems like, you know, I could be successful this way. Um, but without, you know, without that being like a mandated part of your high school curriculum and you never get exposed to it, so you never know if you like it, so you never consider it. Now, it's, I think it's probably pretty difficult to influence like, statewide or countrywide high school like curriculums so you, you sort of have to i mean maybe you can right if you had enough if you could develop that influence somehow but obviously these days you have social media to work with so i, I i'm sure you and olmu and similar organizations have thought you know how do we put infosec or you know programming cloud computing whatever it might be in front of kids um so whether that and i know like a couple people who are like in their 30s and 40s who have started like cybersecurity related tiktoks i don't know if that's like helping like get in front of people but you know i mean the tiktok algorithm's ridiculous it might show you that and you'd be like oh that's kind of cool um yeah. but, but do you think that that's you know obviously I, I mean scrolling through something like tiktok it's pretty short attention span whether whether and you're not being for you're obviously not being forced to write a program by by seeing a an it related tiktok but you know, is that enough? Is that enough to give somebody like, okay, that looks kind of interesting. Maybe I'll pursue that. Or does it take something more, right? And I, and I just don't really know, like outside of like forcing someone to take a, high, a, a class in Visual Basic or C++ and then them, you know, that individual saying, I really like that. I think I want to keep doing that. Like, how do you get that in front of people? Yeah, I mean, it's quite an interesting topic. Like, for example, when I am thinking about maybe a better education system than, than right now and like having uh, my, my little brother as a reference, like what I would expose him to, especially in, in high school, like let the kids have a, a year or a two being exposed to all different kinds of subjects. So, yeah, in order to like get to know everything and see where they could fit in and what is their genre, let's say. But then after that, when they kind of like get exposed to everything and maybe say, oh, yeah, this is cool. I want to do that. Just um, to be able to elect uh, just the, the stuff that they want to do and that they are more interested in. Because I hear a lot of people, especially a lot of kids on that age, that are saying like, I am only studying mathematics and programming in school because none of the other uh, subjects interest me. And maybe that is not like the... the you know, the, the best thing, you should probably know a little bit of history and geography and stuff like that. But yeah, just dedicate a year on, to, on those kind of subjects and then let the kids be more involved into what they want to do so they don't end up like hating the whole education system and uh, having issues with mental health and the pressure of grades or stuff like that. I mean, I have a lot of 
to say also on the grading system and how that creates a lot of pressure and I don't never really liked it. I'm one of those kids that always knew everything and was preparing for days, but uh, I mean, it caused me a lot of stress to just <laughs> have to take an exam and be ready for it. And then I never like... Um, found great value in it exams especially so yeah i've always i've always sort of um picked at it right it's not it's not very it's not a very real world application of your intellect or skills to because never once that i can think of in my since i've left you know my my school years have i been asked to sit down for an hour and with no resources available to me and and produce something you know, yeah. I have the internet, I have books, I have my coworkers, I have, you know, so I have a lot to like, you know, to, to, to produce whatever it is, is my deliverable, right? So an exam is very impractical. So I, I mean, I totally agree. Um, so, and from, I guess, from a technical perspective, for people who have gone through, you know, your program specifically, is yeah. there, do you, do you find that there's a particular at, and this could be technical or non-technical, a, a particular mm. subject that is of, uh, you know, seems to be more challenging for people. Um, maybe it's, maybe it's, you know, development, maybe it's understanding like TCP IP, maybe it's, you know, X, Y, or Z. Is there anything that you find that's like, or, or is it all sort of the same? Yeah, well, how the, the course works, I um, usually have a live session where uh, one of the topics is elaborated. I go with, through practical examples. Uh, for example, the, the last session that we have was uh, with an emphasis on defensive security, uh, especially log analysis and malware analysis. So I went through uh, examples like specifically Splunk or stuff like that. And then I showed them all that. But what I, um, what I could see is that... Uh, each of them has a different interest in a different area. Because it's like, so um, I teach one day defensive and the other day offensive security, um, like, and the task. We also usually have tasks after each session. And then I post them. And it's because everything is like a voluntary, not, nothing is mandatory. You don't have to do them. It's your individu individual journey. I just like guide you through it and what you want to do. Um, I see that some people do just the part with blue team, with log analysis and stuff like that. Some, uh, some decide just to do the malware analysis task. Some are like more interested into pen testing. So they try to focus on that a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, there are also some uh, women that do not have um, computer science background or are not working in software. So um, I also had an interesting conversation uh, on my one-on-ones the previous day, like uh, the girl uh, on the call, she was like, I really find this very inspirational. Uh, she's like uh, doing something else uh, completely. And, but she said, I don't understand anything technically. It's really hard for me. So then uh, I... Um, send her some resources and stuff like that so she can develop in the area that she actually wants to to be in. So um, how I'm trying to to develop these courses to like make everything voluntary and just uh, let them know what they can do in CyberSec and what CyberSec has to offer and let them decide in uh, which field they want to focus on and what they're more interested in. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I... I... You know, I've definitely seen, I mean, obviously younger people who don't have, you know, much, maybe even educational background, much less a professional background who are interested in cybersecurity. But there's a lot of people more so, more so than ever, I think these days, 
were looking to transition from completely different career fields and and in many cases not very technical at all right and they a lot of them you know they're like i'm 30 and i want to get into cybersecurity. is there any hope for me like i see that all the time and i'm like of course of course there's hope for you um you know you like anyone else, you just need to learn the things and be persistent, right? And to, to you know, trying to break in, which is still artificially difficult for some reason, um, but certainly possible. Yeah. What What's next for you in terms of in terms of the program? I, I you know, I'm assuming you obviously you had a certain expectation going in. It turned out to be a success. Not only did you meet like the amount of people that you wanted, but you know, sort of you're getting this overwhelming uptake, which is awesome. Um, so what's next? How do you, how do you, how do you see it sort of evolving? Well, I mean, we have a um, good amount of weeks left, so um, it's supposed to last 12 weeks and now we're in the third. So at the end, I want to finish it with a sort of a hackathon, which is uh, the thing I'm looking for. So everyone can like, um, like express their skills and show their skills in the, in the field they're interested in. Um, yeah, it's, um, I feel like this year was a little bit experimental because it's my first time. I've um, uh, never done such a thing before, especially for that large amount of audience um, when they they came to actually hear me. So it's uh, it's really interesting. Uh, but um, we'll see if if the interest, um, if like the the whole thing is super successful. I want to also maybe do the same thing next year. Uh, maybe more people and like see how uh, it develops and uh, what kind of impact does it have. I mean, uh, the most important for me is the response that I get from uh, the woman direction in the course, which is um, so far it's been very great. And I uh, really uh, enjoy those one-on-one -on -one talkings where they uh, all express what their background is and how they got into cybersec or what, um, how they thought about their journey in cybersec is going to be. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a lot of networking, a lot of connecting, a lot of knowledge sharing. It's, um, I really love that it's not just me talking, that I also get to hear their stories and uh, learn something from them also. So I really love that it's bi-directional. Yeah, I, I think I maybe saw it on like the Olmu uh, LinkedIn page, but that they had, and I don't know to what degree they do this, but essentially, you know, connecting women with actual companies, right? Um, so yeah. is that is that just like a network of recruiters? Is there do they ha are there like official ties between that organization and and you know certain companies? Like, do you know anything about how that works? Uh, yeah, I know a little bit about it. I mean, um, that's their process. Uh, they have a very uh, good assessment form where I, uh, each woman can fill it up. Um, show their resume, uh, their skills, what they would be most interested in, what kind of a role they're looking for. And then if they're a fit, like if a company pops up that has uh, that kind of a role and then there is a match from the database of, of women, they connect them and then they continue uh, on with interviews and stuff like that. So it's also um, a very good um like let's say resources especially for women because i know they're doing it specifically for women yeah that's cool you know one thing that i i thought was really useful very valuable and the way you described the program that that you know you've started is that you know it's it's meant to be sort of a a, a look into day in the life and that is not, not only have i seen that a lot 
people asking, what's a day in the life? Like, I understand you need to know, maybe know how to code or and you need to know cryptography. You need to know this, you need to know that. But it's hard for, I think, people to visualize themselves like working because they're like, okay, sure. If I, if I learn this thing, that's great. But is that, I mean, is that what you do? Um, so I think giving somebody like hearing your account, right? Your sort of anecdotal account of, you know, this is what I did this week. Right? I see a lot of people asking, what do you do? Like, that's great that you're cybersecurity and you pack, but like, what do you actually do every day? And so, and you see a lot of funny accounts. Like people would be like, I don't know. I answered email for, like I got in, I answered email for two yeah. hours. Like I responded to a bunch of people on Slack. Like I went through some Jira tickets. I did like two hours of actual hacking that day or, you know, pen testing, whatever you're doing. And then, you know, I called it a day. Um, so like, it, it, I think it's pretty cool that, you know, if that, you know, that is indeed sort of the way, I mean, obviously there's a technical bits, but describing, you know, this is, this is what it's actually like to be a cybersecurity professional. And then that way people can in turn visualize themselves in that job. Cause I think there's still a lot of like haze over it. It seems like, oh, it's, you know, it's too technical or it's too mysterious or it's, you know, it's too black hoodie, like, you know that you do all this like crazy stuff to be like a hacker, but it's not really like that. I mean, it's for some part of your day and for some professions, sure. Yeah. But that's not like everyone who's a cybersecurity professional isn't Mr. Robot, right? Not what you see on uh, in the movies. A lot of, a lot of people, you know, they, you know, GRC professionals, it makes, you know, in the U S at least, you know, they make well into their, you know, well into six figures pretty easily. And they don't, they're not Mr. Roboting, right? Yeah, um, that's but they're good at their job, and they they you know, very you know, still technical in their own right and doing their own things. So I think it's very useful to hear like, for somebody to hear this is all it takes, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I can, I feel like we can blame movies for for how hackers are perceived usually. And when you say a hacker, it's a really weird team. I get, I got laughed at for saying that. I mean, I didn't like. <laughs> I said that to a friend, and he was like, nah. What do you mean you're a hacker? And that's like, it's a funny word, but I feel like everyone is getting the concept of what it means to be a hacker, like hacking into governments and stuff like that from movies. So um, for anyone who's not, uh, hasn't heard a lot about cybersec or is not involved in the field or maybe is like completely not involved into software, I still feel like a lot of people perceive hackers exactly like they're uh, portrayed in movies. So yeah. When you're, when your family or friends or people who, you know, don't really know what cybersecurity is, ask you what you do, what do you say? How do you respond? It's very hard to <laughs> elaborate my job. When I decided to go into cybersec, um, like, I got a lot of comments like, but you're a programmer, right? And then um, I need to explain, well, not exactly. Like, well, do you develop software? Well, do you make applications? Well, um, I don't really make applications. So what exactly do you do? And then um, I usually say, uh, and then I also taught like my sister, I uh, sat her down, told her the lesson. So if anyone asks her, she also responds the same way. But it's like, uh, I am looking at... Um, other people's applications and I'm trying to find uh, how bad the bad guys can get 
into those applications uh, and then I tell them, well, this is the way that a bad guy can get into your application and you need to fix that. And then the, they ask me, well, why do you do that? Like the, the, those clients though, that have those applications can lose a lot of money and um, integrity and stuff like that and uh, maybe even shut down the company if we don't do this part so I think like that makes it a little bit clearer um, but I always find it harder to elaborate uh, when I was in the SOC analyst shoes like as a pen tester I can more easily describe with the whole vulnerabilities and stuff thing but when I was a SOC analyst at the beginning I feel like none of my family knew what I was doing she's in software was right. yeah. <laughs> the answer yeah yeah for a lot people would ask like like my wife for example you know well, what does your husband do and for a long time she would just say oh he's in IT right that was like years ago she just said ah he like rather than try to explain it in her own words because even she had a hard time sort of articulating what it was but much less translating it to somebody else so she would just say IT nowadays Nowadays, she says IT security because I think it's it's enough of it. Like people know that security is a thing these days. Yeah. To get into exactly like, oh, like he does application security. Like that's still beyond what I think a lot of people have the attention span or or like general understanding of. So it's still just like IT security, which I think is fine. Yeah. It's yeah. accurate enough. It's general, but it's accurate enough. Um. Sure. So, uh, are you? So I guess. What what does your like five year look like? Are you are you thinking of going just like more into pen testing? That's sort of like your your main goal, or are, have you looked at like red teaming or exploit dev or anything like that? Or is sort of what's what are, what are you eyeing? Yeah, I mean like a long term goal. Yeah, absolutely red teaming. Uh, but for now, I just wanna my next step to be like completely transitioning into into pen testing and leaving uh, SOG behind because I still have it with me. And now when I'm like working on projects uh, with SOG and also pen testing, it can get a little bit like too much um, at the time. But uh, yeah. Just transitioning into offensive security uh, completely, and then from that maybe yeah into into red teaming. You have like something you're most interested in there, like or specialty, whether that be like network, Windows, Linux, or web app, or cloud, or IoT. Maybe I'm into Android uh, hacking and pen testing. So um, I started with web security, and I've. Um, like trying and develop in that field i still do that but lately i've also gotten interest into android um security and i feel like that's that's uh what i'm like trying to do now and uh explore that field more i it's um not enough resources i believe uh on android and pen testing especially ios and stuff like that so mobile hacking uh maybe it's not uh, that uh, famous right now in security uh, but it's a very interesting field. So like, I'm I'm quite new at it, but yeah. yeah. I think I think I think that's actually a really good gateway. I would imagine a pretty good gateway for people to get into this space and get interested in it. Because everyone, everyone, I'll say everyone. A lot of people, most people these days have a have a mobile device, right? A lot of people have yeah. iPhones. People have Android phones. People like to tinker with them, especially in the Android community. Um, yeah, I've always been an iOS person, so. But, and it, you know, people like to root their phones. They like to, you know, skin it, do all these things. Um, you know, why not, you know, 
poke around and do some things that you might con consider hacking. I think a lot of oh, a lot of what people have done just in terms of rooting it or doing other you know custom things to their whether it be iOS or Android device is is a little bit sort of in that you know cybersecurity yeah. realm, right? Um, so if they if they were to understand that the things that you just did to mod your device, whether it be for aesthetic or, or functional reasons, is also like kind of what you might do as a cybersecurity pro. You know, like that, that was pretty cool, right? You liked what you just yep. did. Well, guess what? You could you could do something very similar, like a little, you know, a little extending that, you know, sort of what you've just done and make that a career and make good money and you know, work from home and all the other benefits that come from having a, you know, cybersecurity job. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like also lately um, iOS hacking is a thing. Um, uh, especially for me, it's very interesting in the automotive industry. I'm a big uh, F1 fan, and I was really like, since a little girl, I thought uh, F1 should have security teams for some reason, and then maybe I should be there. <laughs> so I feel like that's also quite interesting right now. And it's uh, I haven't really done a lot of work in that space, but I think it's also uh, quite interesting. Well, nowadays, yeah, cars are more connected. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, not that Tesla started this, but I'll, you know, I'm a Tesla fanboy myself. But I'll, I'll give them some credit. I mean, they, they have, you know, they put a, f you know, full computer, right? Put it right, you know, put it right there on the dash. And yeah. a lot of other companies are sort of following suit. And you know, this whole, I get, you know, the trend with EVs, and I think a lot of people are trying to add more smart features to the car and with and as you introduce more smart features you increase the attack surface and so now you have more ways in which to uh interface with the car either remotely or or, or yeah. locally so yeah you know, there's you know i think a growing need for people who understand not only traditional cybersecurity and how you might attack you know the the traditional computing elements but how do you how do you then jump from you know the computer you know that sort of traditional computing plane into you know affecting the the you know underlying automotive you know mechanics right and so that's you've probably seen like i forget what year i was actually there so, so it must have been four years ago at black hat they demoed um you know like they had a car hacking village right and they demoed like taking over some jeep and it was like you know terrifying but really fascinating yeah um and it, and it really doesn't I, I don't i mean there's obviously some sort of niche skill to it but it doesn't seem like a terribly you know arcane or complex thing to get into you just have to sort of dive into it a little bit yeah yeah for sure have you thought about doing that yeah actually i did i did i'm like um, I'm trying to focus at one thing at a time. That's that's a problem that I have. I tend to do too much at the same time. Um, but um, yeah, so right now my my focus is uh, like I'm trying to get become an expert maybe in Android um, security. But then yeah, I'm I like always had that in the back of my mind that I someday maybe I want to do that too, be yeah, able think, to do it. I think yeah, and just in terms of having a lot to you know. A lot that's that your attention sort of moving to i think that's it's both a good thing and bad thing probably probably just in general thanks to the internet and and the general explosion of things that are out there but especially in the cybersecurity realm there's a lot of resources right yours is just one of those but for people who are in they often have to 
ask themselves not only, you know, what resources are available to me to learn more about how to progress in the field or get in, but also once they've collected them all, they ask, okay, well, I've got too many things. There are like 5,000 things here. What, like, what's, what, like, what thing do I focus on? Um, yeah. I, I have the same issue. I've, ta- I've done like 20, I, mean, I think I've done like 15 SANS certs. And, and for no other reason than like I could, but, you know, but I'm certainly not, and across all things, like I've, t- I've taken like mobile device pen testing, but I don't do mobile device pen testing. I'm not an expert, but I just took it because it was available to me. Yeah. But then I was like, oh, ooh, this, this shiny thing over here. So I went and did like, you know, a network pen testing course. I went and took a, a course on uh, their reverse engineering malware course, but I don't do that every day either. So yeah, it's just, there's just, it's like too many things, too many shiny things. And if you're like, yeah, I, like, I, I think a lot of people, really. yeah, a lot of people are just, they're super interested in the field. So they get into everything rather than like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm enrolled. I feel like in four different courses, so TCM security and something like that. And like, I'm uh, progress 14 at everything. Cause I also have a day job and I have to do that too. But yeah, I absolutely relate to that. Yeah. Are there any specific resources, you know, that you would, that you've really enjoyed that you would recommend people take a look at for people who are, you know, new or sort of entry level? Yeah. I mean, um, also I say this in the course, um, I've been on try hack me for several years now, and I really, I really enjoy their pl- platform and how they have different learning paths and actually each path focuses on one thing. So you like become better uh, at that skill specifically. So yeah, that's my, my first go-to, but I also love hug the box, even though that's maybe a little bit more complex. Their academy is uh, maybe more theoretical and then more like try hack me, but um uh yeah also also that one and yeah uh, tcm security courses i i love those i actually went through the the mobile security one uh which i kind of uh enjoyed uh, i have several more pending but yeah i feel like those are my my three kind of resources and there and then are a lot of youtube videos that like depending on what i'm working on right now specific topic John Hammond, I think I follow a lot. Okay, and... yeah. that's one area I haven't. I I I've had multiple YouTube channels recommended to me by you know coworkers and other friends of mine, and I haven't really got into that space. But I I did I I used a lot of YouTube like in my master's program, like learning to do like assembly language and stuff. But I haven't really quite used it for cybersecurity, and I probably should because um, it's probably very directed, right? Um. So, yeah, I mean, very cool. Uh, I mean, I think that's really all the questions I had. I mean, do you have anything else you want to pitch or any questions for me? Or Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're good. It was a great convo. I mean, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, cool. Um, well, I'll let you get back to your, I guess, evening. What are you, like seven hours? Six, I had, uh, yeah. Six, okay. okay. It's like the same. I would think it would be later because isn't six hours, like Germany is also like six hours. I don't know. Anyways, same time zone. Same, same time, time zone. zone. Yeah. You know, time zones are terrible. <laughs> Anyways, it was uh it was great chatting with you. Um uh you know, hope you have continued success with all your Android hacking and Olmuing and your and your own initiative. Um but yeah, and I guess I'll you know I don't know if I'll catch up with you specifically, but 
um for the fireside chat uh i guess we can talk about that a little bit later too. yeah yeah cool oh yeah with me yeah uh for sure i mean i'm looking forward to that too um i really enjoy this talk and how easy like it flowed so yeah thank you yeah awesome well have a good one okay bye bye